A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. Kunal, we're five-season F1 podcast champions. Well, uh, actually not both of us, but okay. We've had a lot of vodka. <laughs> I see you are idolizing a certain Lewis Hamilton, aren't you? Actually, I am idolizing Nikki Lauda. You didn't see Rush, did you? <laughs> but I thought Lewis Hamilton said he does not drink alcohol. You know what? I have realized one thing. He's Lewis Hamilton and he says a lot of things. A lot of things. Actually, he does, right? You know, it might actually be more interesting to compile the list of things he says rather than compiling the list of races he's won this season. <laughs> Let's do it. So, Lewis Hamilton said that he and Nikki Lauda had a lot of vodka. And this is after admitting that he doesn't need drugs or alcohol to be high in life. <laughs> you know, if I was a vodka brand, I would go and sign him on as my brand ambassador like right now. <laughs> there is already a brand called Hamilton Vodka out there in the market. Oh yes, you heard it here first. I also, however, wonder if Hamilton's been hanging out with a certain Kimi Raikkonen off late. <laughs> Next thing, he'll be having Magnum ice cream to down his vodka. But it's so strange. This is after publicly dissing Kimi's performance in 2015. And Kimi isn't the only Ferrari driver he's spoken negatively about. I mean, he's spoken about Vettel and even the could-have-been Ferrari driver Mark Webber too. Anyway, coming back to Lewis, this season has been only about Lewis, so... Let's the, let the first few minutes of this episode be so too. Kunal, I wonder how Lewis Hamilton would have reacted had someone commented that Lewis's performance can't be judged as great simply because his teammate hasn't quite put him to the test. He'd be goddamn pissed, I'm sure. That's a very strange question I'd really like to ask Lewis Hamilton someday, especially on our podcast. Do you remember the time we put David Coulthard in the hot seat? How can I forget? I'd love to see how Lewis Hamilton would be in our hot seat, so <laughs> to say. But anyway, going back to Hamilton, he also somewhere brought back Nico Rosberg's upbringing in Monaco while attributing that a relaxed state of mind is to be blamed for his late season slump. Strangely, he believes that his late season slump will only do him well for 2016. Lewis Hamilton also preferred attending a basketball game over attending the awards, <laughs> where he won two awards. Yes, too many. It seems that Lewis is the new bad boy of Formula 1 and not Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> His skipping of the awards might have annoyed more than a few. It was at this event only a few decades ago where he actually met Ron Dennis and told him that he will be a McLaren racer someday. But I guess this is only for the history books now. Anyway, forget history and forget the Autosport Awards. 
Kunal, I know there is one award show that Lewis Hamilton will definitely not skip. <laughs> and that is the Inside Line F1 Podcast Awards. Drum roll! <laughs> <laughs> Mithila, are you giving it away that the infant terrible of Formula 1 is winning an award this year? Oh, but of course he has to. I mean, you have to give it to the man that 2015 has been Lewis Hamilton's year. And Hamilton is very good for media business. You know, Kunal, I think if I say his name maybe five more times, we'll have a sponsor for our awards show. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, do tune into the 2016 Inside Line Formula One Podcast Awards in a few weeks' time. Woohoo! Is there anything else that Lewis Hamilton has said? Or can we finally move on? No, wait. We could now speak of the stuff that other racers have actually spoken about Lewis Hamilton. So Jacques Milner, one of my favorite drivers from the older era, said that Hamilton's behaving like a spoiled child who's <laughs> lost his toy. Jensen Button labeled him as lucky. I do agree so as well. Well, not that Button wasn't lucky back in 2009. Of and of course, Sebastian Vettel refused to respond. <laughs> and Toto Wolf said that Mercedes could reconsider their driver pair for 2016. <laughs> you know, I, I would label that as off-season PR talk. But can Mercedes survive without either or both of their drivers? What do of, you think? Of course they can. I mean, there is no driver on the grid who would refuse to jump into a Mercedes racing car. And let's remember... Alonso is more ready than anyone else. So is Paul de Resta. <laughs> Even he could win a world championship in that car. <laughs> Kunal, many believe that Lewis Hamilton is a headache given, you know, his uh, PR disasters that have happened on numerous occasions lately. While many others believe that he's absolutely, you know, God sent for Formula One. What do you think? That's a very tricky question. In my view and purely in my view, He's a headache. I like my racers to race and that's about it. I am very happy if they are asocial. Speaking of asocial, Jensen Button claims that Lewis Hamilton is asocial in the paddock. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my view, Kunal, Lewis Hamilton is brilliant for the sport. And I know you will agree from a marketing point of view too. He's attracting attention off track where the sport is otherwise failing to do. He had dinner with President Obama recently. Oh my, yeah. who else did he meet? <laughs> but yes, like you said, you know, from a marketing point of view, any PR is good PR. And that's the good old saying in Formula One as well. Finally, from our Mercedes diaries. So Mercedes has taken their engineer to court for stealing team data and Almost taking it to Ferrari. <laughs> you know, Formula One isn't a stranger to espionage. The most famous pie gate was when a McLaren engineer took data to Ferrari. Just that these days, no one would care about McLaren's data. <laughs> what not to do, maybe. But you know, in this pie gate, what's the strangest thing? So this engineer in question, he took data from the 2015 Hungarian Grand Prix. You know, that is a race when none of the Mercedes cars made it to the podium, not even remotely close. Well, not a smart engineer after all. I'm glad he didn't join Ferrari. But moving to McLaren, very, very smart move from Tag Heuer to leave McLaren and to join 
Red Bull Racing from 2016 as a sponsor. Of course. Forget Tag Heuer as a brand. Even their brand tagline on social media, which is hashtag don't crack under pressure, would have never worked with a Honda-powered McLaren car. (laughs) I also don't think they could handle Fernando Alonso and his periodic outbursts. (laughs) But luckily for McLaren, Santander has agreed to stay on as a team partner. But let's remember this. This is more so for Fernando Alonso than for McLaren. If McLaren's 2016 car isn't up to the mark either, Santander could actually use the team and driver images to publicize their zero balance accounts. (laughs) (laughs) But then again, the team claims that their 2016 car is already better than their 2015 one. Thank God for that. For Alonso, Button and McLaren's sake, I really hope that the 2016 car is far better and that next year is going to be a revival for them. Especially after Alonso said that Formula 1 should stop going out of their way to help the smaller team. Now let's remember this, that if McLaren's downward spiral continues, with sponsors leaving and with FOM's smaller prize money, they could well be Formula 1's latest minnow team on the grid. Oops! But Honda aren't uncompetitive in all forms of motorsport. They're probably better in MotoGP. Of course. Given that McLaren and Honda have blocked uh, Alonso's desire to race in the WEC and Le Mans, I really wonder if a MotoGP switch is actually the only way to get Fernando Alonso back to his winning ways. (laughs) He anyway rode a bike a few days ago. I anyway feel that at the moment, MotoGP is far better than Formula 1. Oh my, I think I need to start looking for another host for this (laughs) Formula 1 podcast then. (laughs) Well, the next piece of news to talk about would be Renault. After months of speculation and trying, they've finally completed their takeover of Lotus. Woohoo! We will finally have yet another car manufacturer in the sport. Strangely enough, though, it is Renault. They've been in and out and in and out and now in again. Absolutely. I just wonder, why can't they make up their mind, you know? You know, maybe somewhere there is a female leading Renault's operations. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, pardon my sexist joke, but I'm just glad that this time Renault have made their mind and quite smartly so. If reports are to be believed... Renault would have barely spent any of its own money in buying Lotus. So first, they've gone and secured an iconic status for them from Bernie, which is a very smart thing to do. Definitely a female leading the team. (laughs) (laughs) Which means that, like Ferrari, Mercedes and other teams, Renault too will be paid to race in Formula 1. Okay. Second is that they are no longer engine partners with Red Bull Racing. This means that Red Bull Racing will pay them to use their engines next season onwards. Okay. And third, which could be a bit of a saving, is that Infinity is no longer going to be a sponsor of Red Bull Racing as well. So that is a greater saving for the Red Bull Nissan Alliance as well. And how can we forget the millions and millions from Pastor Maldonado's <laughs> sponsors? On that note, I wonder if Renault will and should honor their driver contracts. Yeah, you know, Kunal, they have one driver who ends most of his races in the wall and another one who is an absolute rookie. I wonder if this former multiple world champion team needs a marquee driver to steer them onto, you know, the sharper side of the grid 
and to attract the big ticket sponsors. Well, this is where Red Bull Racing is the best example. They are a former world champion team and technically speaking, they don't have a marquee driver in their camp per se. Good point. I also wonder if Fernando Alonso ever thought of returning back to Renault, the team he won his double world titles with. I'm sure the thought crossed his mind at least once. But to put it simply, Renault sims further away from McLaren in delivering a race-winning performance. Well, I'm also glad that Renault didn't quit the sport at this juncture. It could have been a global PR disaster for such a large company to quit a sport just because they couldn't adapt to the latest technology of Formula 1. I'm sure that this would have played on their minds at some point as well. Formula 1 could gain just so much by seeing this team back to their winning ways, don't you think? (laughs) And the one place where Renault is also back is at the back of the Red Bull racing car. I cannot believe that Red Bull Racing roamed around the entire paddock only to return to Renault. (laughs) Strange irony. But Formula 1 is known in the last few seasons to return to the X's. And yet another example of that. So Red Bull has signed a one-year deal to use Renault engines, rebranded as Tag Heuer. I wonder if that changes anything for them when it comes to engine power though. But at least we know that the engines won't crack under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly enough, I appreciate what Ferrari's president Marcioni said about Red Bull's belief that they had the right to a good engine in Formula 1. I mean, I wonder if Manor feel that they have the right to a good car. Wait, I wonder what McLaren feels then. The right to a good car and a good engine (laughs) both. (laughs) Thankfully, with Renault staying... And Red Bull deciding to stay as well. Hundreds of jobs are now secure and more importantly that of four very, very talented drivers. And I am hoping that the Red Bull Junior Driver Program stays as well. Ricciardo said this and I have written about it a lot of times that Formula One does need Red Bull. I am just glad that Max Verstappen will be racing next year. (laughs) And if his teammate Carlos Sainz Jr. is to be believed, The Toro Rosso could well be faster than the Red Bull car. The 2015 spec Ferrari engine might still be faster than the 2016 Renault branded Tag Heuer engine. Wow. Finally, as we near the end of our 40th episode of the season. Wow, that's a lot of episodes. There is a possibility, Kunal, that we might see an Indonesian driver on the Formula 100 in 2016. Interesting. So there's reports that the Indonesian government is ready to back their driver. He goes by the name of Rio Harianto. And the money on the table is 15 million euros. And this is all to secure a spot with Manor next year. If he has smart managers and then the government of Indonesia is also a little smart, they could very well approach McLaren. (laughs) Given their downturn of performance affecting earnings, they could be interested in that much money next year as well. (laughs) Very true. On a serious note though, I wonder if income from paid drivers is actually what the smaller teams need to stay afloat in this era. Of course it is needed. Income from pay drivers, some advances from Bernie, both are important. And remember, nothing is free in Formula 1 these days, not even its broadcast. Except for this podcast.
Thank you for tuning in. We've been away for a few weeks and we are back, hopefully with a bang. And we will be back again next week. If you have any inputs for the 2016 Inside Line Formula One Podcast Awards, do write to us. Mithila and I are listening as ever and always. Keep racing. Sierra, new ambassador for WW, Weight Watchers Reimagined. The new MyWW Plus, our most holistic program ever, helps you tackle the many elements that contribute to weight loss with tools to plan meals and get you moving. Join today with a limited time offer at WW.com.